0: welcome in to 11 personnel nick roush and adam luckett ready to talk some football on the first day of kentucky spring practice 2021 uh it felt like a slow crawl to get here Luckett, but we finally made it it's football time in the bluegrass
1: yeah man it feels good to get some quotes last couple days and Um, get some writing done and kind of try to dig a little deeper and see what they're, uh, what they're, what they're really saying. So definitely good to have football back. Uh, Hopefully Kentucky will give us some clips of practice, Mm -hmm. um, show us what's really going on. But, but yeah, man, it's definitely good to get back and, you know, talk some ball here for sure. Um, Obviously no spring game, but these 15 practices are going to be pretty exciting. Um, And it's clear that, that they're they're working they're focusing on themselves not so much anybody else they're just trying to get better as they move forward
0: yeah and they're not even uh, uh hell i don't even know if we talked since they said there's no spring game uh it's unfortunate but it is kind of uh you know a, a pandemic's going to take priority over a intramural spring or inter-squad sc- scrimmage uh at Kroger mm-hmm. Field. Uh, you know it's the largest vaccination site in the state. So if you haven't registered for your shot, go ahead and do that. Get shot up. It won't bother you none, and it'll get us back to normal to where we can fill up Kroger Field for the real games this fall. Uh, I know I was incredibly disheartened when I first heard the news, but st- we know how Stoops rolls like it. Like this was, oh, yeah. this was the perfect. What he's like? Oh, you mean I don't even have to trot out my new offense and show it to the public okay fine by me <laughs> twist my arm <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah i don't think he's uh i don't think he's regretting that decision or was super upset about it for sure
0: right right so uh w- essentially this spring practice is going to be limited to us over analyzing every clip they share and the quotes we get in media conversations. We're going to hear from them Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays. That's kind of the schedule for the next five weeks. Uh, And frankly, I'm, uh, I'm there. There's definitely going to have some walls here and there, but I'm excited. We have, uh, we spoke with Stoops on Monday, along with uh, our running backs coach uh, in John Settle. And then we heard from Lane Cohen and Josh, Tuesday morning and The big kind of overarching takeaway, uh, if you will, it it really does come down to what you said. This, He's like, you know, we're not focusing on competition at all. And that's not to say they aren't grading these guys out, but they're not trying to fill spots right now. It's everybody, we're going to run this damn offense and it's going to be a tight ship. We're going to get everybody on the same page. And, and that's going to be what's happening over the next 15 practices is getting everybody uh, on the same page, uh, working as efficiently as possible within this this new offense that Cohen's got.
1: I think that's very true. Uh, they're just learning a lot of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like Cohen said today, they, they've only done really tight zone. Um, where, in his, where in his offense, they're probably going to do three different types of zone. It's the tight, the mid, and then the outside zone. So it's learning – the different steps, we heard John Settle talk about the angles the running back has to take. Um, there And he said they're probably going to get sick and tired of me saying slow to or, or, fast through.
0: Oh, great saying.
1: So there's going to be a bunch of different um, new things, especially for that offense, um, going through and trying to figure out. So that that's why Stoops' introductory press conference, I think when he may be prepared for that on his little notepad he brings in, I think he wrote probably fundamentals on there because Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's a key uh, point to this, this spring is just getting that down pat um, and figuring out who they are um, and just working on getting better themselves, not worrying about anything else. Because one thing that's nice about the spring, it's the only practice you ever have in football where you really, it it doesn't end with a game plan. You're Mm -hmm. just, you're really just practicing to get better because even bowl prep, there's always that game at the end. And then in the season, you know, you're preparing, you know, all training camp. But eventually, it, it turns into that, you know, week one opponent, right? Where this there's no opponent; it's just working on getting better. And the install that's going on with Cohen right now, I think he did have an interesting quote that I liked today. It was about like he has his base stuff, so that's what the stuff they're gonna install mm-hmm. this spring. But then after that, it's watching the tape, figuring out strength and weaknesses. Um, and, then, and then building the offense really around that, like you're, you're going to have your base stuff that you do, um, but then figuring out the best ways to highlight uh, the strengths of your football team. That's a very uh, NFL approach, and that's an approach I think they need more thinking like that, and I, I, that was probably the best thing I heard over the last two days was, was that comment about him saying that we're going to you know we have a ba- have our base stuff but we're going to build it around what what the team does best and to me that says featuring the, the guys so Chris Rodriguez is going to get the rock mm-hmm. and finding ways to get the tight ends involved uh, finding ways to get Wandell Robinson the, the football in space
0: the uh, the way it's kind of described too like it when you talk about fundamentals and stuff like I can just see. I mean, Luke Fortner isn't the type of guy to, to to do that. But if I was in his shoes and I'm six year super senior, Luke Fortner, I'm rolling my eyes. Like, God, fundamentals. We're gonna be doing this oh, same yeah. old crap over and over. But what? It, that's not the case now, because fundamentals are fundamentals. But there is something there's there's change. There's something new. So that josh lv he's like you know i can't wait till we get to go back out to practice again because it is the i'm going back to school for the first time in three months as much as we used to gripe about going back to school like it was kind of fun seeing your friends and you know you get to meet your new teacher they're meeting their new teacher now and they're teachers of, really yeah yeah i mean it's a ton of them so it's uh you you get you can tell there's going to be a lot of energy at these practices and i think it's going to be one of those things that uh you know we'll get one or two nuggets a day probably of something like oh this is intriguing uh like yeah. something that i'm sure we've talked about uh you know it's gonna be like times. a p-
1: it's gonna but, be like a piece of gum piece of bubble gum like it's new and interesting the flavor is really flavorful but we're gonna chew the crap out of it until there's nothing left there that that's part of the fun with spring because you only get so much. And then you try to stretch that out as far as possible.
0: Well, and it's, it's very basic. But when all of these like, yeah, you know, I could tell today that I got open because they were paying attention to Wandale. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, that that's, that's something that we, we've probably mentioned, but when you, uh, when you could see it happen, uh, I, I think it's, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's, it's putting some proof in the pudding and, Something that Ollie did sneak in there too, that I think we've at least mentioned, or but Josh LV did confirm that Liam Cohen is what convinced him to come back for another year,
1: right? Yeah, we thought that was the case, but it was made public today,
0: yeah, yeah. And uh, this is an NFL offense, great quote, Just right? Nice and snappy, and uh, especially whenever they're like, okay, here's what we did, well, here's how it's supposed to be done, and then you pop on some NFL tape. That's got to get the guys fired up, you know. It just does.
1: Speaking of the NFL tape, he mentioned multiple times about watching the Rams tape specifically with Levis, and I think a good chunk of that offense is going to come from that. What they did there, he mentioned Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, um, things that made them a special receiver for the Rams, such as you know blocking on that on that on that flow where they where you run zone left side and they flow back right either to do a kickout block or to act as an action, and then they just sneak out into the in the passing lane. I think when you look at Wandale and Josh Ali, like we've talked about from the beginning, similar skill sets to those two guys. So I think that's really how they're going to use them. I expect a lot of condensed formations, a lot of pre-stat motion. I think we're going to see a ton of 12 personnel. He said all three tight ends are good football players, which is something us following the program have have known. It's probably mm-hmm. one of the strengths of the offense to go along with the offensive line. Who he said that's going to be the identity of the team, which is, you know, that's how Mark Stoops wants it. I think right. he's built it like that. So I think that's all, those all are good Big things. Lead to, the way, right? Those are all good things to hear. Um, I think he even to- got a
0: Tyler Higby shout out too. Yeah, we did, we did. Go, go tops, tops, go tops on top.
1: In, but there's still questions. You know, who else is at receiver? Quarterback is the elephant in the room, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at running back after Rodriguez, I think that's a question that people aren't really asking right now but that's something they're gonna to have to figure out. You know, can Kvasi smoke, stay healthy. Can is Jatama claim ready to contribute. Um, is Travis Tisdale ready to break through? Can Lavelle Wright get some traction in these early practices uh, that, that they got to find one or two more guys there. They can depend on outside of number 24.
0: Well, I could, I do have, I've got a big concern about Lavelle, right? Big concern. Uh, He's wearing number twenty-seven. Do you or no? It's Johnson Magwood. Yeah. 20, yeah, and Magwood's wearing twenty-seven. What? What kind of numbers are those? It's not a running back number. That's not a receiver's number. You ever heard of a receiver number twenty-seven or running back twenty-nine? Aaron Boyd flashbacks I had when I when I went through the roster. I mean, am I being am I being weird for? But that not it doesn't uh, just doesn't pop. It doesn't snap for me. I don't know. I just. It worries me. It's a very dumb concern, but I can't ever remember our running back even wearing number two. I don't think
1: that number will stick for very long. Like Andrew Phillips is number 37. I don't think when he plays this year he'll be rocking 3-7. Uh, That's not really a cornerback number.
0: Be stepping in. See, you come in, at,
1: you come in at the bottom of the pile, um, low man on the totem pole, you just kind of get <laughs> stuck with some bad numbers sometimes.
0: And yeah. then you can
1: do the DeAndre square route where you switch it up every season. Start at 43, oh. go to 17, go to five. I was disappointed we're not going to get his senior number. <laughs> I was hoping he would stay for five years. Let's get five different numbers. Let's just do the whole thing.
0: it would be great, too, if this was like, you know, somebody got a different DeAndre Square jersey for each year. And speaking uh, of
1: numbers, we've got Wilson Barry sticking with the 93 tradition. So Kentucky punter is going to rock 93. We've got, you know, a, that 18 was a the thing there for a little bit. Now we got mm-hmm. 93. I, I'd say go for it. You know, LSU. The- right. LSU has a thing where they give their, like, the captain of the team or something. He wears number seven every year. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just do that here at Kentucky. Let's just, Punter,
0: you, you're you wearing 93. I like, too, that uh, Max even tweeted at you and was like, oh, so is he going to announce his number at a press conference?
1: <laughs> Which, my bad. I forgot. Pun- punters are people, too. My bad, Max.
0: <laughs> in fairness, I mean, like, it's – we can't make this a huge talking point. But you want to talk about a hell of a group to work out with Wilson Berry, Jordan Berry, Max Duffy. Like, you're gonna to find too many groups of special teamers working out together that are much better than that. And I don't know if McGinnis is back in town, but if he is, he sure as hell should be kicking with him too. So, right, that's a, it's a, it's a quality group of uh, of kickers working out at once.
1: Um, speaking of kickers, let's get into the special teams comment. Um, Ooh. it's a committee again. Sorry to disappoint all you special teams coordinator truthers
0: no well technically <laughs> there's co-special teams coordinator yeah and so then Matt least... is,
1: i like the comment where matt Sackis coaches all of them so like he's in charge
0: <laughs> like i'm no, like he, we said
1: from the beginning
0: yeah he really is in charge and stoops just wanted to give some guys he's like well we can throw frank under the bus he right. can take the heat
1: <laughs> like shout out um to coach settle here but he's not drawing up schemes on punt and punt return like matt no. Sackis is doing all that stuff man and then
0: he's coaching behind the scenes so, i like those air quotes from behind the scenes settle had a great great quote for uh people who watch a lot of football probably know that the easiest way to lose a football game is on he's right on teams. that and that sure. is such a great that's such a great coachy quote and let, let's talk about settle for a little bit because uh, that news came out over the weekend and uh he had his introductory press conference on day one, uh, shows up on Monday ready to work, uh, speaks with the media. You know, they had a walkthrough with the guys in a meeting, uh, but really hadn't seen too much of them. But I think a James Conner comp for Chris Rodriguez, it's not a bad start.
1: You want to hear James Conner's numbers? His they- one year with Settle?
0: <laughs> they were stupid.
1: Let's go. 298 carries um over 13 games so 22.9 carries per game. That's riding your horse. Uh-huh. 1765 yards. Put up 5.29 yards per pop, pretty solid. 26 touchdowns. <laughs> so that like we we complained about not riding um riding the guy. That's riding the guy for sure. Uh-huh. Um he was sixth nationally in rushing yards um that year. Melvin yeah. Gordon wasn't saying that he ran for 2500 yards that year. But, yeah, that's uh, that's, that, that's. It was like good. the one year that he wasn't
0: at Wisconsin. So he, yeah. he spent a decade at Wisconsin and kind the last of had some four years with in the, between
1: there. Jonathan Taylor, who was a freak for four years, mm-hmm. um, so he wrote him. And, really, he's he was with Paul Christ since his last year at Pittsburgh. So he followed Chris to Pittsburgh – or to Wisconsin, excuse me, 2014 to 2021, worked under Chris. Now, who also worked under Chris was a guy by the name of Matt House at Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, so you have to think that might have been the relationship there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and bet- oh, that, that's a good point to, to kind of see where the connections uh, lead. But settle is he he was an All Pro running back for the Falcons in the late '80s, I think '87, but didn't have too long of a career. I'm assuming injuries just caught up with him. Uh, but has been he's a 27 year coaching vet, a lot of time in the NFL as well, so he's pretty used to. Uh, adapting to schemes and coaching different things but uh, I I think it's also important that he is he's the old head in the room now Uh, at 55 he's the oldest coach on the staff so uh, you know it it worked out well having Eddie Grant as kind of the old hard-nosed disciplinarian with the running backs last time and I I definitely think you're going to get that same kind of presence in the running back room uh, with settle
1: when you look at the construction of Kentucky's offensive staff right now, you've got—they're both like thirty-five years old in that range. Um, you've got Wolford, who by all accounts is a straight-up character, mm-hmm. coaching the offensive line, which most of the times OL coaches are. Yes. And so you—you kind of need the dynamic. Um, you can't have—not necessarily good cop, bad cop, but you can't have four guys that are all kind of the same. I think you need um, to have you some, need some balance. Yeah. And Settle comes off very much as no-nonsense approach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very professional. Um, this is how we do things a certain way. And, like, I get the, like, just first impression only. You get the sense that there's not going to be many jokes or pranks going on in that running back room <laughs> over camp when they're all together for 30 days. It's going to be a lot of – it's going to be a business-like approach. Um, very uh, very focused, very driven, um, no-nonsense um, Which is something I think the staff on offense, I think they needed a little bit of that um, to blend kind of the young guys they got, Um, mm-hmm. which I think Boo Knight he also comes off like that too. I will say, even though he's younger, he definitely comes off as, you know, it, he's he's all business and it's getting down um, um, to what needs to be done. And speaking of receivers, I love the Ali quote, or I didn't love it. I kind of agreed with it. It's hard to get reps right now when you got 17 scholarship receivers mm-hmm. in the spring you that you have to think attrition is going to come there at some point. That's just way too many guys there for a non-air raid offense. It's just way too many.
0: Yeah, they going to run a bunch of 12 personnel stuff. It's right. Just, right. Just, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so they'll eventually the, there there will be attrition. Um you know. Um there's no doubt about that. Uh I'm I'm trying not to get distracted because uh, we just received our first few little snippets inside practice. Glad they were outside. Nice, cool day. Not too football cool. Football weather. There you go. Yeah, it, it, was, it was some some good football weather. And oh my goodness, uh, there's three must champs working for Kirby Smart. Two working for Kirby Smart and one quarterback. It's some place. Just all must champ everything. I'm sure that's going to work well at uh, Georgia. What could go wrong? They just fill up a staff full of must champs, um, but to to get back to to spring ball, uh, you have you you have a complete coaching staff. You have and and I, I like the way that settle kind of broke down in detail to the because here, here's the thing with all the boring fundamental stuff. A lot of the new scheme, it's not just here's your playbook. Uh, it's not just handing them uh, a, a, a sheet from Madden and saying, this is what we're going to do. A lot of this stuff is predicated on being on the same page. So, like, you know, I I remember trying to get our offensive linemen to learn outside zone in high school, and we were a wing-teed team. We, th- that was not – We people- did the
1: same thing, and it was a hard, hard learning experience. For my my senior year, they tried to – institute really i think it was just inside zone and it's i mean it was hard and we ended up throwing it out the window about four yeah. or five games in the season but same it was it was to, it was we so different to what we long. did
0: right because when you run these stretch plays everybody has to be on the same page from a footwork standpoint and that's where the You're running the tracks come in yeah because everybody it's almost like you've got to be on a string mm-hmm. where when one person pulls the other person follows with them and from a running back's perspective, that means when we call this stretch, we're take we're going in this same direction with the same steps every single time. So the quarterback can give it to us. And that way we're on par, we're in sync with the offensive line. And we have our eyes in the right place. And as soon as we see what we like, we get north and south. Fast, slow to fast through. Slow to, <laughs> fast through. And <laughs> The, the other great line he had was indecision first shows up in your feet. We can't have anybody dancing in the backfield. It's all got to be precise. And I think that's where there's going to be frustrations at times with this coaching staff because uh, it, it's just it's taking it's a lot of breaking guys into new things. And that's what this spring is going to be growing pains for sure. So I uh, we won't see it. But there's certainly going to be times where we hear from the coaches at the podium afterwards and there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a teeth gritting afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: The one thing with outside zone, I say, like it the attack point is kind of off tackle. But a lot of times that thing can get cut up. Mm-hmm. So just because you're going out, that's the beauty of the play. Just because you're going out there doesn't mean the run's gonna be the sideline. There's a lot of plays where you'll see outside zone if you pull up some clips, the thing gets cut up because you you create kind of a wash effect. Or everybody's moving in one direction, like you're talking about the defense over, um, over a pursuit, and that could create you know big cutback lanes. And that's a lot of times where you can get some defenses, um, for some big plays. So that's that's something to remember with this. And like Darian Kennard, he's he's going to be a great backside tackle on these, some of these, um. Some of these outside zone plays because he he can just wash people. I mean mm-hmm. he just annihilates people <laughs> coming down coming downfield. So watching him maybe getting um, ear holeing some linebackers and stuff on tape that's that's going to be some fun stuff to watch. But there is going to be a learning curve. It's learning. It's learning how to do this. And Cohen said you know even the guy these offensive linemen are kind of bigger than some of the guys he had in the NFL. But I think a good thing for this is they have got a very experienced offensive line. So hopefully that means a quicker learning curve. Right. Um, and then we learn Jagger Burden's getting started out at guard.
0: Yeah, which he was always projected as, but you just didn't know. Yeah, with his new scheme, you could fit. see he could maybe slide out the tackle. Yeah. So, potentially. But they're starting him there. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much personnel, like who's playing where with what. I don't know how many revelations we're going to get in regards to that. Um, but Jagger also, I I think to go back to that original point you made about the base and everything, he kind of detailed how, you know, they ran UK's offensive Frederick Douglas, the Mm kind of inside zone, smash you in the face stuff. And it's like, you know, now a lot of the stuff you see where we're running a play now to see how the defense reacts so we can set up something else for later on in the game and it just it, everything just feels a little bit more cerebral like, like it like you're playing chess not checkers anymore kind yeah of yeah which like okay here's this is this is the pushing the program forward that that mark stoops talked about throughout the off season. uh and it's just it's exciting uh, there, there's no other there's no other way to put it yeah i'm just ready
1: to see what it looks like i i think i'm gonna try to slide in next week i want to ask Cohen. one um like, if you're not getting under center all the time, can you still do the play-action stuff you want to do out of pistol? Mm-hmm. Like, is that something you can accomplish, or is that something you, you really need to work on your under center stuff to be more effective? Pre-snap motion, how much pre-snap motion are you going to see? Um,
0: Yeah, yeah. Stuff like good. that. How many I, wide
1: receivers do you want to have? In, what, how, what do you feel comfortable? What was the number of wide receivers you want to have in your rotation? Um, stuff like that. And just see, what, what are his thoughts on just having a heavy, you know, riding one more running back? heavy or do you want more of a committee approach like we saw last year so, there's say. still a lot there's still a lot for us to learn mm-hmm. uh, and it just it does stink I, I really do not like that we're not going to get a spring game That is it is a major
0: bummer it is the like the most stoops thing ever though you yeah know? i'm just not going to show anything i just i'm never going to get over the we can't get under center thing that's just garbage more to me like you teach 10 year olds how to get under center and you just do it every single day like if you they I mean, hell, you see them in practice, they take snaps from the center every single day. It, it, what's the difference between going out of shotgun and going under center? Oh, you've got to actually grab the ball and then take three to five steps backwards. It's not that freaking hard. Yeah, like it just, it's, it's it's routinized. So they I'm have a limited be, amount
1: of right, they but they have limited amount of practice time. And I think a lot of that is they just don't like, the coaches just not want to wait, waste practice time on this rudimentary um skill that you should have, but a lot of kids don't have because everything's out of the gun now. Uh, In younger levels of football. Noise hell out of me. And then you get when it happens that, like, as a quarterback, you have to learn because the first time they take snaps under center, like I go who's never had it, I guarantee he got his foot smashed <laughs> seven to eight times because you have to get out quick, or that center's on that first step, he's he's jamming on your pinky toe.
0: <laughs> so that's part it's just a lot of oh, it's just have you like, ever getting stepped on sucks. Mm-hmm. especially those cleats man that does it, not feel good that's probably the only thing I was, um uh, is the only worst pain on a football field just a, a a helmet to the fun, like a face mask to the funny bone or the shin yeah man getting cleated on the shin that that might be the worst because the funny bone does go away you know mm-hmm. after a couple minutes you kind of get that tingling out of your hands but man the cuts the on the shin. Frontier, shin oh yeah. did you all ever have anybody uh try to box jump and miss and scrape themselves up probably <laughs> we had some dude just bleeding all over the place cuz he couldn't get his yeah. bad ass um
1: thing. i was watching some bobby carpenter played at ohio state i think it was him it was some linebacker that used to play ohio state he said something on a podcast or twitter or something i saw where he and he said a lot of people do that um like inside linebackers you get you get you know you're getting people stepping on your feet all the time. Mm-hmm. So for the season, he would cut his toenails bare, bare off. Ah. Pull them off because oh. they,
0: would, they would get smashed and he'd had to rip them off during the season. So he said it was easier just to Gosh. not even mess with them. Those are some bad dudes, man. I wouldn't mess with those guys. Would not mess with those guys. Um, we got to talk a little bit of recruiting too. But first, support for eleven Personnel is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's blow-the-waist grooming, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family, jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million people worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off, plus free shipping with the code Roush. That's R-O-U-S-H at Manscaped.com. Manscaped, they hooked me up with one of their perfect package 3.0 kits and here's the thing about manscape trimmers they use a, a cutting edge ceramic blade to to make sure you aren't cutting yourselves nicking yourself up and here's the thing look at people i get bald jokes quite often uh i i i it, it's a it's a part of everyday life for me and i actually i actually use it cut my hair with it last week freaking just mowed that stuff down, and. uh there was a guy by the name of i think it's ron swanson who said shave a man's back and he'll purr like a walrus well (laughs) i was purring like a walrus because that thing just gets it right off in no time the wife was pleased because the other trimmer i had it was it was junky and this one it also has uh, a light to uh, so that you can kind of see where you're going it's a great tool and if you use if, if you get the the 3.0 perfect package they'll also throw in a couple of gifts some some boxer briefs in that package that are nice and comfortable very comfortable they're all about making sure you're comfortable and if you use the code roush at manscaped.com they'll get 20 off plus free shipping and get this like they've got they've got a great saying your balls will thank you be mad yes That's swiss army knife of the razor blade game for sure <laughs> but yeah get 20 percent off free shipping with the code roush at manscape.com 20 percent off free shipping at manscape.com use the code roush r-o-u-s-h unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscape what can we had two big recruiting stories from over the weekend do we want our good news or our bad news first let's get the bad news out of the way Okay, bad news. Uh, Steve Wiltfong logged a Rutgers crystal ball for Gavin Wimsett. Uh, Now, it wasn't like a 9 or 10 on his confidence level, which I think is funny that they have those now. Um, So it kind of gives him the right to wiggle out of if he wants to. But Mm -hmm. essentially, Wimsett went on a visit with his family uh, to Piscataway and came away very impressed. Uh, And they liked what they saw, so much so that Wiltfong Went ahead and logged to pick for Rutgers. Uh, noted that Georgia Tech, Cincinnati, and Kentucky are kind of the top four with Georgia Tech. So, it. there's the information. What do you make of the the facts that we have to work with right now?
1: Yeah, number one, I think uh, Greg Schiano and their new offensive coordinator, Sean Gleason, um, who came from the Ivy League and then worked one year for Gundy. He's kind of this wonderkin um the next kind of savant, I guess you would say, um, that people have talked about. I think they're selling that hard, and I think early playing time is probably getting sold really hard. Um, so, whatever they're selling works, is working up there. It's um, the number it t- nine
0: recruiting class right now in the country. Now, right. Now, really, and they just got early, commitments, but right. still.
1: But he has some momentum up there right now after getting a few wins last season. So, I think that's the sell early playing time, where at Kentucky, he's probably going to have to maybe w- wait a little bit. But it's not good. It just doesn't look good. Um, now, Wimsat's going to enter a position where he becomes Kentucky where he's going to have to earn a spot and all that jazz. Uh, but this is a kid they've recruited for a long time. They've sacrificed, I think, themselves to go after this this kid as mm-hmm. far as their quarterback goes in this class. And so if they don't get him, they're in really tough shape. Uh, there's not really much out there left mm-hmm. where they could have maybe really gone really hard after Drew Alar. Right or cut or that Steven Jelly kid up in New Jersey, or
0: what or whatnot. But now they've kind of, they've kind of handcuffed themselves to win, right? It. And then now you're stuck with, and and the thing that I think is even worse is that it's Cincinnati or Rutgers, and like, you know, if that remains the case, he's not he's going to drop he's going to drop way down the rankings. Like th- that's just how these things work. But that's it's just not a good look. I don't I don't. I don't know any other way to, <laughs> to say that this does not it just, it, it looks really poorly. Now it that can, this can change. Obviously this, it reminds me of old recruiting like it, when people actually went on visits and they came back and had to rave review and now you're worried they might go somewhere else. We had heard nothing from Wimsett's camp, camp at all in a long time. So the fact that this is the first thing in a while, that's an, that's another reason to be concerned. And why you're kind of just getting to the point where you're like, well, I hope this Will Levis guy's pretty darn good. I hope Kai Aaron is is better than I advertise because not a whole lot of other options out there. Yeah, I mean, the final list is
1: not. I mean, just that that, that that's not great. Like, that's not what you want. I guess your quarterback who, to who you want to be beaten out. I guess I would say, um. So yeah, from that it's not it's not necessarily great. But I think optics more than anything on this, it just hurts. This class has got a chance to be really good. Like mm-hmm. I think this class has a chance to be their highest ranked class ever, even higher than 2020. But WimSat's a big deal with that. Because a lot of this is about building recruiting momentum. And to build momentum, you've got to get the quarterback on board. And now you look at it, WIMSAT's like the only top one hundred quarterback, I think, left that is mm-hmm. uncommitted. Where everybody else has their quarterback and they're starting to a build momentum for the rest of the class where Kentucky really needs that so they can get rolling.
0: Yeah. Well, and even if the quarterback doesn't end up doing anything for you, I'll buy Drew Barker. You got Mike Edwards out of that class. You got Darius West out of that class. You got boom Williams. You were able to get a lot of other talented guys just because of the quarterback. So even when he ended up, when he didn't produce for you now, there's obviously some other circumstances that, but it doesn't matter because you have the other guys already in play, and that person played a big role in getting that started. So, uh, like you said, that's it's a real kick in the shins, um, maybe a, a, a cleat to the toe. But there, I, I, I will say that that it doesn't sound like he's still nearing a decision, really. So, I, I mean, it's around March. You would think that he'd probably have this thing wrapped up. Yeah, it's uh, very odd.
1: That that's lasted this long. Usually, these quarterback commitments happen guess, pretty fast. I
0: guess Bo happened in April when they did that visit with, uh, yeah, you know, was, all, all the the other big guys. But yeah, so maybe, maybe April. Kentu- but, yeah,
1: maybe yeah. Kentucky can get him on campus, and then that swings the other way.
0: Right, I think that's right.
1: that's the hope. Hopefully, that happens soon because, like I said, you need that. You need to get this in your back pocket if you can get him, so you can start filling out the rest of your class. Because they're they're you're they're in on a lot of really high quality prospects right now,
0: and they just got a pretty good one too uh, from Georgia Get out of nowhere a little bit. And this one uh, was a rare non John Summerall Deep South guy. And more Stewart helped recruit Andre Stewart, which can be complicated. A three star cornerback from Georgia who was once committed to Auburn. To make matters more uh, concern uh, confusing, like it, there's an Andre Stewart. That's yes. from Mary. He's a 2022 quarterback from Marietta, Georgia. UK's Andre Stewart is from Snellville, Georgia. Both are Atlanta suburbs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Marietta, you and Alpharetta are probably more familiar with, but one of the 8,000
1: Atlanta suburbs.
0: Exactly. So I was watching, I watched like five plays of film. I was like, is this guy really? like? What is it? And then realized, oh, wrong one uh <laughs> i thought too like did he transfer did he play somewhere else i was like right. no no okay good there's another there's another andre stewart <laughs> out there and this guy oh he actually hits people he's a pretty big dude he can play
1: yeah top 500 prospect in the composite auburn D commit, like you said he had some pretty big offers a lot of sec schools are in on him plus oregon and you watch the tape's really good you know in two plays first place Lights somebody up on the perimeter, um, filling the run. Um, he's got really good drops. I um, mean, he, he flips his hips really well. Like there's one play where he's in deep in a backpedal, he flips his hip towards the sideline, and then just a toe drag for an interception.
0: Mm, toe drag, um, coming, swag.
1: yeah, coming out of nowhere to make plays in center field. Um, chase down tackles after the free safety bit on a run formation. He comes and runs down the tight end who had no one around him. So I mean, it's just a really good tape. It's exactly the type of corner pro- prospect you want. It's going to be a, a dogfight probably to keep to him um, from down there, especially mm-hmm. if he has a really good senior season.
0: This was but, one of those rare instances too, like it. Mark Stoops broke it. Yeah, no, I
1: know. I know. <laughs> that's how you know. Like that's how you know it's a big commitment. You had yeah. Stoops and Brad White sending out tweets about it. That was a big deal. And for Amar Stewart, man, we saw him get into Metro Atlanta last year, get Devontae Ross. He gets this kid, um, which is a big recruiting win. I think. I think if you can add that where you're a factor in Atlanta a little bit, where you can get a couple kids to class, you add that in what Summerall's doing in South Georgia and Alabama, and then with Merrow and Kentucky and Ohio, and then with Clinkscale in the Detroit area, that's four really good areas that you have pools to pull players from I think that that that's really really good um, to have that not not everybody has something like that from a college uh, football standpoint um, so that really gives you you know a lot of options for to, for signing classes and a lot of quality options I think if he can do that now we we've seen this was his first big one but not, let's see if we can do it again but I think if you get into that Atlanta area um, like I've said in the past the baseline of your class is going to be Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, those kids. But to get to where you want to get to, like, you don't have to be at a lot, like every, a lot of them for them, but you got to have a handful of kids from the deep South at quality that other SEC schools want. And that's how you, that's how you kind of level up to the to the next spot you want to be at Kentucky. Mm -hmm. This is another example that we'll see if they they can hold on to him, but just like they went and got Christian Lewis, got Trevon Wallace. Chauncey Magwood. This is another example. You've got to go in and land, land kids like this, um, and I think it, that shows growth and hopefully it's a trend that we see continue moving forward.
0: No, definitely, definitely, because there's a lot of talent down there, and it also just goes to show you how far the Kentucky brand has gone. And I mean, Settle even mentioned that at one point where he's like, mm-hmm. "Wisconsin brand, well, Kentucky's got a brand for running the football." Um, yeah, and well, Kentucky, well, you know, I, right. As right now, they're a team that
1: goes to bowl games every year. So people that's what you see. Yeah. Um, you know, and- they're not probably you're not they're not competing for championships, but you're recruit, you know, hey, I can go there. They're about six guys drafted, which they're they're talking about. They still had mm-hmm. the eighteen class, so they have all these draft picks. They win. So you're like, Hey, I can go to the SEC, play for a team that wins, get drafted. Like that that's the sell. Um it, it's and- the whole it's a totally different light than what they
0: were even three years ago. And the thing is, too, that we have to we have to play this game quite frequently. That reminds us how old we are. Uh, Stoops' bowl streak, it began when these kids that are now going to be seniors were 8th graders, right? Is it 8th or 7th graders? Either way, they, yeah. when they turned on games on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Barely a teenager. Yeah. And so that's, that's what they know. It's much different than what us old folks know. You know, uh, and Kentucky's had. Let's
1: face it; they've had some brand names here recently. Yeah, national media folks talk up Josh Allen. They talked up Benny Snell. Limbo. They talked up Limbo. And now in Son. the draft, you're getting Jamin Davis talked up a ton. Yeah, man. So he, that, that you're seeing that Kentucky logo a lot more in prominent places mm-hmm. in it's the not college just football slash NFL
0: sphere. Beat mm-hmm. by you know some Florida receiver on a route. You know, right on, on draft day, which man. Daniel Jeremiah, big fan of Jamin Davis. Yeah, he loves him, man. <laughs> I mean, a big fan of Jamin Davis. So,
1: pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's sounding like Davis is probably going to go to the Browns there at the end of the first round. That seems to be
0: the popular, where it's going to happen. Yeah, right? yeah. Man, I... I'm feeling a little deflated as an NFL fan because last summer when nothing was happening, I got bored and picked an, an NFL team. <laughs> and I should have just picked the Titans. I was like, oh, well, the Steelers, they're not a bad candidate. They play fun football. Well, they, they did. And they won their first 11 games, but then Bud got hurt. Now he's making 16 plus million for the Titans. They're in cat purgatory right now. I know they can't do anything. And NFL free agency is pretty fun, although the. It was really obnoxious. It's gotten a lot better. The uh so and so has renegotiated. I mean, everybody and their brothers renegotiated their contract under this new cap, which has just been kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But uh, and
1: the franchise tag can throw a wrench at some things.
0: Yeah, it I still but, I still don't know
1: how that works. I I am kind of getting better at it, but it's still uh it's,
0: it's at least like as confusing situation. as the the, like the European soccer, how all that stuff works. That stuff's crazy. You got a transfer mm-hmm. window, you buy your rights to players. That's all nutty. I can kind of get a grasp on this. And what I'm really looking forward to is right before we started recording, Bears Twitter just started losing their mind. I, I know. And I think it, I don't know if it started because of a Lewis Riddick tweet, but he said something along the lines of, we warned you. And uh, we warned you that this was going to happen a week ago. And after the Saints signed Jameis to a one-year deal and Taysom Hilda on a one-year deal, it, the process of elimination, Russell Wilson to the Bears, is, I mean, there's not many other teams that he could go to.
1: Yeah, but I've also seen a uh, link to the Bears, too. Who to the Bears? Andy Dalton. <laughs> Mike Garofalo, oh, the man. NFL Network, said that this morning.
0: Man, so that would it's be
1: – I think he said that that they're locked in on Andy Dalton.
0: That would be much more on brand to have Nick Foles and Andy Dalton sharing a quarterback room in Chicago. Um, but, it, yeah. you know, I don't even know how – like, I, I don't even know how I could look at the Bears if they had a competent quarterback. Because like, even Jay Cutler, when he was good, he was still Cutler, you know? like. Yeah, it's it's
1: hard to, and sometimes because you see some of these franchises go without – Whatever, but the good thing about the NFL, man, you can fix that stuff quick. It, it starts with quarter. If you get the quarterback, like the Patriots weren't anything, Brady,
0: mm-hmm. and now
1: now they've got seven Super Bowl. Right? They leave the franchise or they leave the league in Super Bowls. It's all about you now the quarterback Now there's good franchises and bad franchises.
0: Right, right.
1: But if you can find a quarterback, it can it changes everything.
0: And that's to to get bring it back to Kentucky football. Getting the quarterback right, mm-hmm. we're not going to find it out, but the importance of it is you don't want to become the Chicago Bears of the SEC because mm-hmm. that's kind of what it feels like you're you're kind of doing right now. You're the Chicago Bears of the SEC. You run the ball, you play really sound defense, but you haven't had a quarterback to take you to the next level, and that's why Mark Stoops probably yep. going here.
1: Right, that's that's Cohen's top priority, and we haven't seen Mark Stoops Kentucky with. A good quarterback, a very, very, or a very, let's say, very good quarterback, or an upper a level SEC quarterback. quarterback. Yes, yeah. um, a jet pilot, not a bus driver. We haven't seen
0: <laughs>
1: an elite level kind of a guy that NFL team very interested in seeing. We haven't seen that under Stoops. What does it look like if they get it? That's my. I just want to see
0: what that, yeah, what that looks like.
1: Just also they've noticed- had to
0: win certain in different ways have you noticed that everybody they don't call him coach Cohen they just call him Liam I did notice that today it just I don't know like I just I I might you you might maybe you have to earn that yeah yeah I don't I don't know because it's almost like when you hear that a school is calling teachers by their first name and it just puts a bad taste in your mouth you're like what the hell is Mr. or Mrs. but at the same time like like, what were they? They just calling Vince Big Dog? or they him yeah. Vince? You know? So, like, I, I'm sure there's a certain level of, um, you know, between one or the other. Like, Davis, Jamin Davis calls John Summerall Donk. Hey, Donk. So, like, you know. I, yeah. My I, I wife,
1: mean, when we first started dating, she would call her mom by her first name. And I would get on her cake. I was like, Taylor, do not know. I would <laughs> started making her call her mom. It's your mom. Call her your mom. Do not be that.
0: Oh, man. Well, look it, spring ball. We made it. Uh, Oh, one more thing that we've got to bring up. that uh, It feels like an eternity ago because you had conference championship weekend. You had selection Sunday. There's just been so much going on, but this was just Thursday afternoon, and we were talking to David Wallabaugh about bashing dudes on an ice hockey rink. I'm all in. <laughs> like that was one of my favorite
1: he had one of my favorite tapes, I think, coming out of high school. But now I'm all in. Now you can see the balance, the range, mm-hmm. and that he was just going Fulton Reed on these fools. I <laughs> i just love it. I just love it. I'm
0: all in. Oh man, it was so great because uh you know, it, it was one of those things like a little footnote in his bio bio, but we're like, oh well, let's ask about it. You know, we can only ask so many Coach Wolford questions or whatever.
1: Where's he from? Akron? Is it yeah. Akron area or
0: Cleveland area where he's One from? One of the two, I get them all mixed up, but yeah, general north yeah. northeast.
1: Ohio. I guess it. I'm I'm assuming hockey's probably. Yeah, and his his dad's thing originally
0: from Buffalo, I believe. Right. Um, so you know they're much more more hockey folks, and so he grew up playing it. He said he started skating when he was three, uh, and it's kind of been with him ever since. He quit playing as a sophomore in high school, and then grew a couple more inches and put on some more pounds. But even so, he sent me a couple. Yeah, uh, old highlight videos, yeah. and he just looks like he's towering over opponents. Like I cannot imagine. I'm just trying to skate down the ice, and all of a sudden, looking at the corner of my eye, and just, boom! Mm-hmm. Oh, Makes me want to watch the Mighty
1: Ducks, though. Did you see they they relaunched the Mighty Ducks on Disney Plus? Like made a TV show. I think Bombay's right. going to be in it. Really? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I think the, the premise of it is that like the Ducks are now the Hawks. Now,
0: like, oh no, they've become the bad guys.
1: Yeah, like they built like this you know, they became like this powerhouse and they, they got a new coach, and they're so oh. they build like a new Duck kind of thing.
0: Man, it, it's just going to be so hard for me to ever. I mean, I'm sure some of these reboots they got the Disney stuff to it, they'll be fine, but not having Goldberg or. Keenan, like th- there's certain characters that just i mean goldberg how many movies was he in Um, between that guy there's always a fat kid in one of these kids movies it was uh the kid from the sand off the catcher he was in a bunch of them and so was goldberg and they were just mm-hmm. great they were great chubby uh guys you love to laugh at but were, yeah I, I need i need my funny fat kid if it's going to be uh, worth my while
1: yeah i couldn't do it like charlie conway and dawson's creek like what are we doing here can't be doing this <laughs>
0: He was in uh, a serious role. He was playing Reese Witherspoon's husband in a, a show that my wife watched. It was, you know, it was one of those like. He
1: was in Cruel Intentions. I don't know if you ever seen that movie.
0: He was in Cruel Intentions, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was, um, I don't know. It was based out of the 90s, though. It was some Hulu show. And it's like, yeah, man, you've got to have Charlie Conway, whatever it is, he's got to be set in the 90s. I don't care mm-hmm. if he is 30 years older. He's a 90s guy. He's forever stuck mm-hmm. in that decade. Yeah. Um, but we're not forever stuck on this podcast. We need to get out of here. But, like, it's good to finally talk some ball, despite not actually seeing it with our own two eyes. Kentucky football's back, baby. Woohoo!
1: Man, it feels good to have it back. I'm um, excited to see what we get um, from here moving forward. And recruiting should ramp up. I think we're all on Wimsat. Watch. Mm-hmm. Even the even the coaches over there at the Joe Craft facility. So, watch, watch what happened with Wimsat and then just seeing – what kind of nuggets we can get out of this spring ball where we're not going to have any access at least they just like let us let us watch a practice or just put it on tape
0: hell you know you know what i bet they'll do they'll do the if they give us a seven on seven period that that's probably the closest we'll get as yeah seven on seven i you know and even cohen said he's like i don't even know if we're gonna tackle it's <laughs> like well, I know. good point, yeah you know that's stuff you don't You don't think about yeah. So
1: I'm sure they'll have a scrimmage or two where they go live. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Probably two of them later on. But a uh, long way to go, Kentucky. They're installing the offense, working on the fundamentals. We're working on our fundamentals, getting in tip top shape for you this spring. Make sure you stay in tip top shape. Uh, hit up Manscaped, use the promo code RASH, receive 20% off and free shipping. Helps out the podcast, helps out you, keep you in good shape this March as the madness ramps up. Well, I could have you filled out a bracket yet?
1: I have not the whole way. I kind of went through and picked my final four first run, mm-hmm. but I have not filled one I out still, yet. I
0: still haven't done it either. I probably, you know, I'll get to it eventually. But, uh, I have a friend who put ten dollar bets on all the money line uh, underdogs, fifteen seats down in the first round. So one hits,
1: just, one hits. Yeah. that's all you're asking for.
0: Yeah. So it, he can. I, I'm excited to. Like, I'm I'm living vicariously through him. So Iowa it, seems right for the picking. Maybe that's the one. There's some big ones. It's going to be weird, but uh, we're going to have some fun. uh, And we're going to have some fun talking football with you all on 11 personnel. We'll be back next week. And until then, just remember to go Cats and go Croberies.